If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place in Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. We continue to think these days and to hear the Lord Jesus share these everyday stories that he shared with those while he was on the earth <clears throat> in his public ministry. <clears throat> Again, if you're a guest with us, may the Lord bless you. We're honored to have you here today with us. Luke chapter 12 is a very important chapter in the Word of God, especially in the Gospel of Luke. We, we discover many important truths and what, what is a uh, I've talked about this before, these everyday stories in the Bible, the word is parable. Parable means to throw beside, to throw alongside. When the Lord Jesus was seeking to make important spiritual statements, he would say something, but then he would illustrate it with a story. The Gospel of Luke uh, takes up and is and most of the Gospel of Luke is woven around these everyday stories of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is our responsibility to know these stories because they stick with us. They remind us of the significance of these eternal spiritual truths uh, that are important in our life. They're in a certain order as Luke has given them to us. We believe this order in which they're given in his gospel, like the other gospels, is, uh, is under the design of the Holy Spirit. So in Luke chapter 12, you're there now, just follow along with your eye for a moment in Verse number one, the Lord Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The Lord begins Luke chapter 12 by reminding all of us who are here as believers in Christ, beware of being a hypocrite. Watch out for hypocrisy. He reminds us in verse five that we're to fear God. The Lord Jesus says, I will warn you whom you're to fear. Fear the one who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. The Lord Jesus reminds us also in verse number eight that if we are unashamed, if we are, excuse me, if we're ashamed to confess him before men, let me read it, verse eight. I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the son of man will confess also before the angels of God, that is to God. But he who denies me, this is a warning to all of us, this is a warning to all of us. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. We saw last, uh, well, last week that the Lord Jesus teaches us the story of the foolish man who had a great uh, windfall and gave, didn't give God glory, didn't recognize anyone else. He took all the credit, built bigger barns, and God said to him, you're a fool. Today... Today you're going to die, and then whose will these things be? And the Lord teaches us in verse number 15, beware and be on guard of every form of greed. That's for you today, that's for me. Be careful of hypocrisy, fear God, and beware of being greedy. And then he reminds us, and he reminded the disciples of not worrying, verse 22. For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, uh, nor your body as to what you'll put on. Life is more than the food and uh, more than food and the body more than clothing. So be worryless. This is what the Lord says to disciples. That's not an idea. That's a lifestyle. You who are young here today, be worryless if you're a follower of Jesus. Why? Look at the birds. Be worryless. Look at the flowers. Oh, it's a perfect time, isn't it? Look at the flowers, my dear friend. 
Look what God has done in all of creation, and surely you know that you are more important than flowers and birds. Surely you know. So live worryless. And then immediately and quickly, he says, as a result of that, seek first, verse 29, the kingdom of God. This is what disciples do. Seek the kingdom of God. Excuse me, verse 31. And then he says these astounding words in verse 33. If you're not worrying about the things of this world, then sell what you have and give to charity. And make for yourself uh, money belts which do not wear out, an unfading treasure in heaven. That is, work and serve God and leave it to Him. He'll store up. You store up good treasure in heaven as you serve Him. Then He comes to what we focus on today. Let's read together beginning in Luke 12, 35. Be dressed in readiness. He's speaking to disciples. I'm speaking to disciples today in this church. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Let's read on. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him and when he comes, when he comes and, and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert. When he comes, truly I say to you, that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch, that would be from 9 p.m. to midnight, or even if he comes in the third watch, which is midnight to 3 a.m., he will find, they will be blessed, those who are alert, they'll be blessed, whatever watch he comes in. But be sure of this, verse 39, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 40, disciples, church, you too, be ready. Be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Peter asked, Lord, are you addressing this parable to us or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, who is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time? Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, <clears throat> my master will be a long time in coming. And he begins to beat the slaves, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he does not know. And he will cut him in pieces. That is, cut him out of the process. Cut him out. And assign him a place with unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accord with his will will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but few. And then he ends in verse 48, very important words as we think about readiness for the Lord's return. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required. 
and to whom they entrust much of him, they will ask all the more. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. <clears throat> May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our focal truth today is this, that believers must live in expectant readiness and keep their lamps lit. That is, they must be ready. They must be prepared. They must live expectantly for the unexpected return of the Lord. Have you ever had a job that required you to be on call 24 hours a day? I had the opportunity many years ago to be in a conference in Michigan. <clears throat> it was a place where religious leaders and government people and uh, others, business people were there, and uh, I, they, they had us arranged and sitting at various tables to mix the kinds of groups that were there. And I had the opportunity to sit at the table with a man who was a Navy SEAL commander from Washington, D.C. It was a, a wonderful experience to sit by him. He knew he was a believer, knew the Lord, and we had a lot of good it was a several-day conference, so we visited a lot and talked a lot. <clears throat> talked about ministry and talked about what he does. At, at one point um, in our conversation, uh, I asked him, I said, so what is it like to be on call 24 hours a day? And by the way, I must say, so he's a Navy SEAL. I had in my mind that Navy SEALs would have these men with giant, ginormous muscles, their shirts, you know, don't fit. They're so giant and big and, you know, big giant neck and huge, you know, thighs and, and legs and just like a monster. But he looked pitiful. He didn't even hardly look like a soldier. He looked so regular. But he assured me, I can kill you 20 different ways. Okay, that's fine. I don't want to be killed. I'm just at this conference. Don't kill me. And I believe he could. I, I believe he could. And so we had a good time. We visited, and I'm not a military person, but you know, it was an honor to me. It was just, uh, and I say it to you, it's, it's special to me even to this day. So he was, you know, military people give each other coins. And so he gave me a Navy SEAL coin. I've, tre I've treasured it. I have no idea. We, we kept up for a while, and then he went to places that he couldn't talk about. And uh, uh, my prayer is, is that he's, uh, he's either in heaven rejoicing today, uh, or he's uh, here still serving Jesus so I said, what do you do? You're on call 24 hours a day. He said, well, I have a bag packed. I have my clothes prepared. And I'm ready for the call. Now, the Lord Jesus says something to us. He gives, it, he gives us something here that helps us as Christians. I have uh, several observations here. I want to give you three observations that I want us to look at from these words quickly. Number one, Jesus commands believers to live in readiness for his return. It's a command. This is an imperative in the original language. Uh, verse 35. Be dressed. That is, be being. This is the way you're supposed to be. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lights on. Your lamp lit. Another imperative. Verse 36. Be like men who are waiting for their master. When he returns from the wedding feast. So that all so that uh, they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. So the first is a command. Church, be ready. Have the light on. Be ready. You're on call. 
Do you live with that kind of readiness in your life today? Are you as a believer, are you characterized, are you characterized as one who lives on call for Jesus? You're ready to serve him here and you're ready for him to come. You're, you're saying, come Lord Jesus. Or have you just completely, uh, either because no one's taught you this, or because you have uh, turned back to the world, you don't think about the Lord's return. In fact, the coming of the Lord is a real interruption to your busy schedule. You know when the Lord comes, it will it'll interrupt cosmic, universal kinds of things. When the Lord Jesus comes, it will interrupt the plans of both the lost and the saved. When the Lord Jesus comes again, see, I'm not talking about maybe an idea, some concept. Do you really believe that the Lord would say these things about being ready and that he would say that the Son of Man is coming at a time when people do not expect it? Do you think he was just exaggerating? No, he was saying to these disciples, as I'm reminding you disciples, Jesus is about to come again to this world. I live that way and believe it. I say to you every week when I end, the Lord is near to the door. I'm not being rhetorical. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to just say something religious. I'm wanting to live my life dressed, dressed, dressed in readiness. My soul is right with God. I'm ready to go. I put things in order. I'm seeking the kingdom of God first. I'm willing to part with whatever I have in order to do the work of God. And I'm ministering now, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm listening. The trumpet could sound. He could come again. I'm dressed in readiness and the light is on. So there is a readiness. Now, did you catch this, folks? There's a readiness in verse 35 and there's a waiting. Oh, there's not a, per there's not a person in this room who likes to wait. You hate to wait. You hate to wait. But we wait. We wait for you. What did the choir just say? We wait for you. You know, there's no one more significant to wait for than the Lord Jesus Christ to come when it's time. His coming is true and real. But I worry about the sleepiness of the church. I worry about the drowsiness of the church. I worry about the carelessness of the church. We act as if the Lord Jesus is not going to come. Or he's been delayed or some cosmic issue is causing a delay in God's plans. Or perhaps the devil has gotten in there and done something to stop and thwart his ways. Or certainly atheistic unbelieving man has tried to do something that shocked God. And got him off of his timetable. Oh, the Lord Jesus says, the Son of Man is coming. And he reminds us of our duty as believers to be ready. Here's the way Peter said it. 1 Peter 1, 13. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What kind of shape is your mind in today? When you wake up in the morning, does it ever cross your mind? This may be the day Jesus comes. Does it cross your mind to be prepared and to be living in such a way? 
When you find yourself falling into sin, does it remind you, what if the Lord came while I was doing this? What if the Lord came while I was saying this? What, what, would, what would it be like if I was, as a believer, doing these things that I've been saved from? We'll come to the table of the Lord in just a moment. We'll honor the Lord Jesus Christ again and remember His death for us. You see, the Lord Jesus made these words and had such an impression on the disciples. Let me just read what the Word of God says. And by the way, I want you to know, I'm with those that Hollywood makes fun of. I'm with those who, uh, I even saw a cartoon with my grandson the other day and, the, and they were making fun of the man standing there saying, the end is near, but I'm one of those people. The end is near. I'm not giving you rhetorical speech. I'm not saying to you something just to stir you or to frighten you. The end is near. May I read the word of God? First Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. James in verse in chapter five, be patient brethren until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You be patient church. Listen, strengthen your heart for the coming of the Lord is near. Romans chapter 13, Paul's been talking about our duties as followers of Jesus and how we're to live. Romans 13, do this knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. Listen church, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness, put on the armor of light. Philippians 4, 5, let your gentle spirit, as believers, as you walk in the world, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. 1 John 2, 18, children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, and there is an Antichrist, a real human being, who will be the one that Satan uses to seek to thwart the ways of God. There is an Antichrist coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. But the Spirit, 1 Timothy 4, explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And they have. And in 2 Timothy 3, realize this, church, that in the last days, the last days, difficult times will come. Jude 18, in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. Jesus commands disciples, be ready, have the light on, be dressed, have the light on, and wait. No matter what time of the day, no matter what time of the night, dress yourself in readiness spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Prepare yourself for the Lord. Tonight when you go to sleep, who knows what may happen? The Lord Jesus may come. The surprising, unexpected return of the Lord Jesus is upon this world and it is about to take place. And we who are God's people should not be shocked we should be ready. 
So I'm asking you today, do you have your clothes on? Are you ready? Are you prepared? The Lord Jesus promises a blessing to believers who live in readiness. Look at this. It's astounding to read it. Blessed are those, verse seven, uh, 37, blessed are those whom the master finds on the alert when he comes. What will he do? He will serve them. It is the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ honoring those who are prepared and alert when he comes. 2 Timothy 4, 8, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not just to me, but also to all who love his appearing. So your friends and neighbors, your loved ones have gone away. They're gone away somewhere right now. But you've gotten word that soon they'll be returning. How you love thinking about that day when they'll return. How you plan for it. How you make preparation for it. How you wait, expect, you, you put it on your calendar. You count down the days. You talk about it with the rest of your family. You're anxious and excited about it and you dream about how it will be. You love the fact that your loved one is coming again. You know, I'm convinced of this. If you say you love Jesus, you'll love to think about his return. If you don't love Jesus, you don't care if he returns. If you say, I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. The thing that we love is that he's coming again. We love that he died for our sins. We love that he's been our sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins. We love that we celebrate that he's risen from the dead and given us new life. But this one who went away, the angel said to the disciples, I remind this church again today, wake up, listen to me. Let me be like the alarm clock for you. The angel said, this same Jesus who has departed this way will return Again, in the same way, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming and there is a blessing to all of those who are prepared. But finally, he says, I'll come at an unexpected time. I'll come at an unexpected time. So what does he say in verse number 38? When he comes, it might be at second watch, third watch. Blessed is the one who's watching. And then in verse 40, you be ready. Lord Jesus, what do I need to do in these days in which I live? Be ready for my return. That's what he says. Are you ready? Are you ready? Does it cross your mind? Are you thinking about it? Are you prepared for what the Lord is going to do? I want to read to you quickly from Matthew chapter 24, which is parallel to this. And I want you to take your Bible. Just be patient with me. We're just about finished, but I want you to see this. I want, you to, I want to finish this thought about the unexpected return of the Lord Jesus. And I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 24, which is a very important chapter for you to read that talks about the signs that point toward the coming of Christ. You should be paying attention to them if you're not as a believer. It talks about the perilous times in the last days, as we have heard about from the apostles. And then we read about the glorious return of the Lord, Matthew 24. And the Lord says a few more things about it here. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. 
And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky and with power and with great glory. That's Daniel. That's Daniel. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Now learn the parable from the fig tree when, it, when its uh, branches has, have already been tender and put forth leaves. You know the summer is near. Please notice verse 33. So you too, when you see all these things, are you paying attention to what's going on in the world? Are you paying attention to your surroundings from a spiritual point of view? Recognize that he that is the Son of Man, that is the Lord Jesus, is near You've heard me say this every week for years. He's at the door. He's at the door. Truly I say to you, this generation, this race, humans, will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will not pass away. As sure as the Lord Jesus is the eternal Son of God, His promise to come again is just the same. Do you believe that? Do you live like that? But, on that, but of that day... And of that hour, no one knows. That's why we wait. The angels don't know. The Son of Man does not know. Only God the Father. Verse 37, the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. You see, a big interruption came. A big interruption came. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. We could go on doing business transactions, carrying on all kinds of experiences until the day that Noah entered the ark and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the son of man be. Recognize he is near right at the door. You see someone, you know, someone may think, well, the lost world says, you, don't, you surely don't believe all of those things about the Lord Jesus coming. Surely... The world talks about apocalypse, but they don't understand there is a real apocalypse coming. And it is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, His great unveiling. When, when all of the heavens are changed, when He comes to this world, there will be a glorious time. The Lord Jesus says, behold, Revelation 16, behold, I am coming like a thief. Like a thief, blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men see his shame. You see, the return of the Lord, church, will be sudden. It will be unexpected and it will be surprising. The coming of the Lord will be the, the end of Satan. He will be removed completely, finally thrown in the place of unquenchable eternal fire. The saints will reign with Christ gloriously on the earth. Heaven will be glorious with the sounds and shouts and praise of the Lord Jesus. And to God, Father, Son, and Spirit, the judgment of the nations, what happened in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel as they sought to build, as man seeks to build and construct his own way into heaven in God-likeness, as the 
as the languages have been scattered and the nations have come, finally, finally, in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, He will reign with a rod of iron. He will judge the nations. It will be about time. It will, and that will include the United States of America. He will judge the nations and the sinful dead of all generations. Oh, how this ought to motivate this church to share the gospel with your loved ones and with your friends and with people you don't even know. Oh, the dead, the dead of all generations will stand before that white throne judgment. Books will be open. Their name is not found in the book of life and they will be thrown in the eternal devil's hell forever and ever in judgment. You see, these are the glorious and there will come a new heaven and a new earth. Come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. There is something that we love about this like we love nothing else. I'm asking you today, do you even think about it in your busyness as a person in this world? If you say you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot not consider and think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It ought to impact everything you do in your business life. It ought to impact everything in your family life, in your personal life, in your behavior, and in your conduct. People ought to see in us that we've got our clothes on, and the light's on, and we are waiting. And we are waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ to come, and when He comes, hallelujah, He will make all things new. What do we remember today? Jesus promises to return. He says it repeatedly in Revelation 22. You want something for today to go home and think about? Go home and turn to Revelation 22. Last chapter in your Bible. Last chapter in your Bible. The Lord says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this prophecy of this book. Revelation 22. Again, behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to render to every man according to what he's done. So what do we do? Well, Peter does what he always does, doesn't he? Peter. Peter says, Are you saying this parable to us or to a bunch of other people too. Who's this for? Well, the Lord gives four kinds of people who respond to the coming of Jesus Christ. There are the faithful and sensible in verse number 42. They're doing their work for Jesus. They're doing their service for the Lord. How do I prepare? Listen, how do I prepare myself for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? I've got on my clothes. I've got the light on and I'm serving Jesus. O oh, land of rest for thee I sigh, when will the moment come when I shall lay my armor by and dwell in peace at home? We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes and we'll be gathered home. That's what we do. We live as faithful, sensible servants at our post, doing what God's called us to do, going and making disciples, dressed. The lights are on. We're waiting. We don't set the timetable. We don't live with impatience. We say, Lord, we are ready if it's in our young age. We're ready if it's in our middle age. We're ready if it's in our old age. We're going to serve you. We're going to be faithful servants until you come. We're going to work until Jesus comes. That's what we do. We don't live in forgetfulness. There was another kind of person. This slave in verse 45, my master will be, will be a long time in coming. 
You know what I've seen in my life? There used to be an urgency. I'm, again, I'm preaching to you with urgency. I believe the time is short. And I live, my lifestyle is such that I practice it as best I can. We don't have a lot of time. If I know there's not a lot of time, then I'm going to change the way I live. But you know, the church, it's different now. Because Dr. So-and-so has said, well, you know, all of these things have got, the, the Lord's not really going to come yet. Really? He's not? Dr. So-and-so says. So some of the church goes to sleep listening to Dr. So-and-so. They, they, they read the notes at the bottom of their Bible more than they read the, wait a minute, the words of the Lord Jesus. If, if, you, if you have a choice, I'd suggest get rid of the notes from Dr. So-and-so in your Bible. Just get you one with the words of the Lord Jesus in it. It'll do you a lot of good. Because you see, I'm not going to be basing my ideas on what the scholars and men say about the coming of the Lord Jesus. I believe I'm going to listen to the Lord Jesus. Oh, He's not coming yet. This hadn't happened. This Wait, 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 wait a minute. I, the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. You know, when the Lord comes, it's going to blow up everybody's ideas about the second coming of the Lord. It's going to blow it all up. Are you living based on the security of the words of Dr. So-and-so? You see, security comes only when you listen to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not wasting your time here. I'm speaking to you. Some of you are asleep. Because you've been convinced by someone, a man, that this is the way it's going to be. The Lord Jesus says, you better be ready. You better be dressed. The light better be on. And you better be waiting, ready to open the door. When the Lord Jesus, he's standing at the door. Why did the Lord have to say to those churches in the Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking to the church. Wake up, church. Wake up, church. There are many in this room who are just like this slave. My master will be a long time in coming. So he started living, beating people, being drunk. His lifestyle didn't match his commitment to Jesus. There was another who was, who, another slave who knew the master's will but didn't get ready. He was disciplined for it. And then there was another who was ignorant, who'd never heard these things. You can't do that now. If you've been in this building today or you've heard my voice on a recording today, remember this, you're now accountable for what you've heard from the Lord Jesus Christ. My words don't matter. My outlines don't matter. But the words of the Lord Jesus are clear. Be dressed in readiness. Keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when, not if, when he returns. Live your life like Jesus is coming today. That's his point. And that's my point to you. Time to get up, my mother used to say. I hated it. I hated it. Teenager. Time to get up. And she always had that disgusting, happy voice. Time to get up. Time to get up and get dressed. You have to go to school. Oh, no, not the school. Time to get up, church, and get dressed. Jesus is coming again.
we say it now. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Will anyone here today, will this make a real difference in your life? The Lord is near to the door. Will you be ready to open the door? Will you be ready? Will He find you at your post? Will He find you serving Jesus? And honoring him with your life? Or will you be careless, wicked, disobedient? Because you have found that your ways are better than his. The Lord is near the door, church. He has warned us. Come, Lord Jesus, is what we say. Come, Lord Jesus.